When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome along to the Final Furlong Podcast, or as it's also known, Tech Talk with Kevin and Emmett. We're talking about the crazy kooky problems we're having with our tech. Dear me, if you had any idea how long it took Producer D to get this thing actually working, this better be a good podcast. I'm Emmett Kennedy. Hashtag blame Kennedy. Hashtag blame Rixie. Deary me, he comes on for his glorious debut and takes 40 minutes for this bloody thing to work. Uh, right, I'm Emmett Kennedy alongside At The Races pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello! Who I am sure there is footage of going absolutely ballistic over the weekend, but we'll talk more about that in a little bit. And also, it is the long-awaited debut of At The Races' Declan Ricks. How are you, lads? Uh, we, became... tried to keep him, we tried to keep him out, lads, but he just kept sitting at the back door. <laughs> he wouldn't go away. No, no, no way. Uh, not only is it your long awaited debut, it became an even longer uh, awaited debut thanks to the Salminator. Is that who we're calling him? The Salminator, yeah. He would be the, the tech guru in the office. Uh, looks like he made an absolute hames of setting it up. I'm going to morning. strongly dispute that title with him anyway. Uh, right, the f- only one place to start it's the Curra. And it was the big race of the weekend and the big performance of the weekend. A lot of talk about this horse. And he goes and wins on good to firm ground. Yucatan finally delivers. (laughs) (laughs) We'll come back to him a little bit later on. Latrobe, what a performance for Dunica and Joseph. Um, Father and son uh, won this race back in the day with Camelot. This time it's the brothers. Uh, Joseph Ryan having partnered Camelot to win this race and the Derby. Uh, then has a Camelot son in Latrobe who he talked about an awful lot. The first time I interviewed Joseph was in the Matchbook Betting podcast and he mentioned him as a horse to look forward <laughs> to for the season. And uh, obviously, Kevin, we have to get that in there. And I guess the point, Kevin, was, given your association with the yard and all the work you do, that if there was a potential star for Joseph Ryan in the yard in the three-year-old division, it was him. Actually, this was just a total disaster. Her handicap mark totally ruined. Gone up twelve pounds today. Could have, could have won a nice race at Galway with him. Oh, imagine, imagine, imagine saying to him, "God, Joseph, you're after making a right howler there now." It was a nice handicap, valuable handicap at Galway. We could have won. Um, um, Donica has has continued to improve. He was a good jockey anyway. But I, I think the point you've been making is since he won on Saxon Warrior, ironically, in the 2000 Guineas. He's just come on leaps and bounds. And this is his third classic of the season. It was a terrific ride. 
the, the pace of the race was very interesting, and we'll talk more about that later on. But to go from a maiden where he beat a handicap hurdler to winning the Derby uh, at the Curra is really some feat for Joseph and Dunica. Yeah, like you said, you know, all through the winter, um, anyone that would have asked Joseph, you know, for a horse to follow for the season, this would have been him. If there was one in the yard, there was going to be a classic horse. This was him. And um, look, Joseph just had the confidence in him to take his time. Uh, you know, the, he didn't want to rush him into any of the early derby trials or, or, or rush him to Epsom. Um, he decided to take a more patient approach with him. And look, he stepped up with every run. And it culminated in what he did on Saturday. Um, I couldn't have expected it. I don't think anyone could reasonably have expected it. You know, going into the race with an improving profile, but ultimately rated 103. You know, it was going to take uh, the bones of a stone of improvement to get him in the finish, but he, he duly found it. Um, and you have talked, mentioned Donica there. This was the best ride Donica has, has ever given a horse, um, possibly ever. Uh, but certainly in a big race, and I think it'll be a long time before it's bettered, um, because tactically, this race, um, I, I wrote about it in my at length in my in my at the races piece that's gone up this evening. Um, but you know, so I, I heard some parallels being drawn in the aftermath of this race to last year's race, where um, Manny will remember everyone assumed that Bally Doyle would go a rapid pace to try and suit Wings of Eagles, um, and they didn't. And Cracksman and Volgeist dropped in, expecting a strong pace. And there was a bit of a double bluff by Bally Doyle, and a very clever one. And Wings of Eagles and Capri raced prominently and, and fought out the finish with Cracksman coming from a, a you know a poor position and was clearly the best horse in the race. But tactics undid him on the day. Mm. And some people made comparisons to that, thinking, oh, Bally Doyle have pulled the same trick again here. Everyone thought they'd go hard and they went soft and it favoured the ones in the front end. But that's not what actually happened here. Um, because, you know, given, uh, the, the, like you say, my involvement here, I, I was doing my best to try and figure out what was going to happen here and what everybody was thinking um, pre-race. And, you know, having talked to an awful lot of people pre, I don't know, sometimes fellas can play their cards close to their chest pre-race. But, you know, I talked to the same people before and after the race. And what transpired was a big surprise to everyone. Um, everyone certainly on the Irish side of things, expect the DXB to be very forward. Yeah. Um, potentially making the running, certainly sitting very handy. And they expected um, Nike to be hold to be very forward because he hasn't looked like a horse with the best set of brakes this season. And um, old Persian was expected to go forward as well. But, you know, we t- and I'm sorry, I'm going to go on a bit here because I'm just really, I was really engaged and interested in this whole, this whole situation. And you would hear people talking, coming into the Irish Derby about how, the likes of Massar would perhaps dodge the race because they don't they didn't want to come over and face what many people would would see as a team, if you know what I mean. And that tactically, um, it, it can be a bit tricky for Raiders to come over and compete. And the I think this mark. race was just a, yeah, and I, and I think this race was just a prime example of. Uh, and I, Rixie is actually is on the same page to me as well because I I read Rixie's um, evaluation of the race as well and. I think this was just a case of the Raiders really overthought it. Mm. And they were so frightened of getting caught out tactically that it just ended up being a dog's dinner because Sylvester D'Souza, who I'm a big, big fan of, um, this just went all wrong for him. Oh, he's made a mess of this. Well, look, and I can see why he did exactly what he did at every stage, but 
it, it was just a case of overthinking. First of all, he missed the kick a length or so, which didn't help him because I'm sure he wanted to be handy. And he's given him a, a good dig to get up handy. He's ended up in the lead. He's looked to his left and he's seen Park Beggy and Rostroprovich um, being driven up to, 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 to meet him. And in that moment, he said, right, I'm not going to get spoiled here. So he's taken a big pull and restrained the XB. And at the same time, he's thinking, I don't want to get caught in the inner here. So he's come off the rail. He's drawn one. He's made a conscious decision to come off the rail, restrain. And all of a sudden, he's four or five back, you know, two, three wide in a steadily run race. And, it's, and, you know, he's a horse that stays so, so well. And he's given up every advantage that his draw gave him. And, look, it might not have made a huge difference anyway because I don't think the horse handled the ground all that well. It was very quick. And I don't think by the time Derby came around, um, and I don't think he was, in lo- he was loving the ground. But tactically, it just didn't... They overthought it. Mm. And in trying to do the right thing, they did the wrong thing. Night to Behold was dropped in. Um, complete change of tactics on him, which proved to be disastrous. And Old Persian as well was was dropped in, all in anticipation of a strong pace. Um, and and you know I think Bally Doyle would have been happy to let the XB on with it. I don't think there would have been a, an, any big spoil job there. Well, I don't know if you um, heard the interview that Gary, the lengthy interview that Gary O'Brien did with with Aiden. Uh, I'm sure you were there for it. But um, Aiden talked about how. First of all, proud he is of Dunnick and Joseph and how hard they work and delighted he is for them. He said that, you know, he would have actually felt a bit sick if if they'd done him a short head. Uh, but he was also saying how taken aback he was with the way the race unfolded, that it wasn't in any way, just as you're saying, it wasn't in any way what they expected. They they were full sure there was going to be plenty of pace on. They were expecting that pace to come from DXB or from... Um, uh, night to behold from night to behold uh, the Dunlop horse mm-hmm. and were really really taken aback by how it all unfolded and and just I, I have to ask you this Kevin and you don't have to answer it but I assume that the idea with Latrobe was to hold him up um, oh yeah and that's yeah, why dropped in. that's why you have to give Dunica such plaudits because he's reacted so fast and once Sylvester D'Souza does what he does which I don't understand why he did that and I had no dog in the, in, in the fight by the way it wasn't like I was on him but tactically, I don't think I've ever seen that happen with the Mark Johnston horse. Um, you end up with the one, two, three, essentially being one, two, three the whole way through. But Dunica has him perfectly positioned and is able to use that stride that the horse has and his class to go and get the job done. It was really a piece of brilliance. Well, that's it. And like again, just just to briefly go back to it, you know, people will look at that race and say, "Oh, Roster Provich was always in there to to spoil DXB if he tried to make the running." That's not the case. He, he wasn't to lead at all. You know, Parry Beggy was to was to go forward and slot in from a from a bad draw, but nothing else was going on. So he ends up in front, and um, Donica was was the plan was to drop in because, like everyone else, we assumed the pace would be strong, um, but it just shows. The, the self-belief and the judgment uh, of Donica to radically change the plan. And it was a difficult thing to do. It's not it's not as if he jumped on terms, evaluated and changed the plan. He actually missed the kick mm. two, two and a half lengths. So it would have been very easy for him just to drop in and take whatever hand was dealt to him. But he had the wherewithal to, in you, you have a very short space of time from the derby start to make a decision before you start turning and uh, he made a decision very quickly that he was going to go forward, given the lack of pace. And he's managed to get the horse settled, because that would have been a danger when you ask a horse to, to go forward like that in the early stages. Sometimes they can just get a bit strong with you and and, and, and do too much. 
but he was able to get him settled very quickly. And look, as history shows, he was in the perfect spot. And um, that, that's what made it such a good ride, you know, when you when you consider all everything else and that, you know, what the intention, the original intentions were. Um, I just thought it was a fabulous ride. And people will say I'm biased now, but I, I could care less. Like, uh, that's with my with my hard head on. That, that was a fabulous ride. Um, and, a, and a real testament to, to Donica. Um, as you know, my view has been that he, he was a very good rider starting the season, but in the last couple of months, he's just grown and grown. Um, not physically, thankfully. But, um, God, if he grows he, anymore, he's going to be in big, big trouble. Yeah, but I, just in, in in between his ears, I just feel that his confidence has grown, and um, and being a top jockey is a confidence game. You know, the likes of Sylvester D'Souza is a brilliant jockey. But I just don't think he's there on the biggest days when there's expectations there. Mm. And I'm sure he'll get there because the tal- all the talent is there. But um, that was just not not his best effort. No, and I, and I don't like to be dogging him because he'd know it more than anyone. But um, I have to call it as I see it as well. I was daft. But, um, it was absolutely daft. Um, I wouldn't call it daft. Like it I was. Say, I, I, can, I can see exactly what he was thinking when he made those decisions. But um, yeah, you know, you're on a horse that stays well. Um, it was a very strong bit of restraint he he administered. You know, once, once you pull him back like that, Kevin, you make it extremely difficult on yourself to expect the horse to go and pick up again for you later on in the race. Yeah, well, look, he, he probably wasn't handling the ground anyway. But yeah. anyway, it was just it was a highly intriguing race um, for me. I, I thought it was like, and I know people will will knock knock it in terms of a piece of form, and that's fair enough. That's 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 an easy thing to do. Steady run race. Um, but just in terms of a, of a tactical spectacle, it, it really it really engaged me now yeah. before and after. Oh, oh me too. And, and I've I've read comments from people saying that that it wasn't much of a derby. I I disagree. I thought it was, and I'm probably biased as well, maybe. But I thought the the race riding from Donica, the training from Joseph, the Patrick Beggy barely gets a ride, and he was terrific in Rostropovich. Um, and the performance of Saxon Warrior and Delano Roosevelt too. I mean, it's worth mentioning here that we're talking about. Uh, UK and French trainers possibly being, being a little bit reluctant to come over here. Five of the first, <laughs> four of the first five home are all Aidan O'Brien trained, uh, you know, which which kind of gives you an idea of the stranglehold that Aidan O'Brien does have on this race. But they just they played to Aidan's strengths and and, uh, and to Joseph's strengths, and it ended up working out very beneficial to them. Um, yeah, I, but just just like I say, this wasn't this, this wasn't a master plan. This no, was, uh, no, clearly there was wasn't. No intention to, to set out to do it like no. this. It just it was just for me. It's just an example of um, the difference between a re- real good big race riders because Donica adjusted and Ryan adjusted as well on Saxon Warrior. Because I certainly didn't expect him to be as close as he was. But no, and I'd say he didn't think he would either. And I'd give Podrick Beggy an awful lot of credit too, because Rostropovich has kept on galloping for him. He's given him a cracking ride with the rail to help. Yeah, and it's it's just about adjusting. You know, you can plan, you can plan, and like this this is something I do day in day out at all levels. And you can plan, you can plan. You think you have a real good idea of what's going to happen, and the stalls open, and something completely different happens. A horse you're dependent on to make the run and miss the kick. You know, or his connections decide to change tactics. You know, there's so there, you can you can plan, you can plan, and you know, try and put get everyone in a situation as aware of the, poss- the, the, the possibilities and probabilities as you can. But once the stalls open, the jockeys have to react to what's mm-hmm. in front of them. All being well, what they expect to happen happens. But if that if that doesn't happen, they have to go to Plan B or Plan C, and that's what sets apart 
um, a really good jockey for, from a tip-top one is, is to be able to react and make the right decision in, in that split second that they have. Uh, in terms of the horse, Declan, because we better bring you in here. Um... Sorry, Declan, I, I, I was on a bit of a ramble there. I'll take quite for a while. I, I think that is, I think that is understandable, Kevin Blake, to say the least. And I'm hoping, Declan, that you've got footage of of the camera on Kevin doing a celebration, because as we all know, Kevin doesn't tend to get too worked up, but he lost the plot completely. I mean went off the reservation <laughs> when Settle for Bay won at Royal Ascot. So I can only imagine what happened when Latrobe won at the weekend. Yeah, I think there was, there was a picture of him with a ruler in his hand and he was on top of Gary O'Brien. <laughs> Baiting him. I was beating myself with a race car, like an imaginary whip. Giving so him, there you go. Giving him a few cracks of the shillelagh. Some old wag there was standing near our position and he shouts in a big dub accent, Jesus, can you get done for over you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Latrobe, he, he's been brought along steadily. Uh, only the one run is a juvenile. He's a Camelot. These horses clearly improve um, from two to three. And you were tweeting, Declan, about the achievements that Joseph O'Brien has had for Lloyd Williams. I mean, at this stage, Lloyd Williams must look at him as, as like his new favorite son. Uh, he can do no wrong for him. It's just absolutely astonishing what he's done in such a short space of time. Yeah, no, he's look, he's he, he's won. He's been training what now three years, I think, and he, he's won Lloyd Williams um, a Melbourne Cup and an Irish Derby. And obviously, the one race that matters to to Lloyd Williams is the Melbourne Cup. It's the race he wants to win every single year and you know Joseph Joseph did that for him in his second season training um you know what what Joseph is doing now is 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 ridiculous and look I know he, he's got a bump up and you know he's obviously Aiden's son or whatever but mm. um you know it'd be naive to just kind of dis, dis, discard that but look what he's doing he's worked hard as a jockey and he's obviously working hard as a trainer now what he, what he's achieving is just phenomenal you know he's and he's doing it both codes as well Melbourne Cup on the flat, obviously Irish derbies. You know he's won an Irish Gold Cup with Ed Wolf. You know he's won one of the biggest handicap hurdles, and uh, in the Irish season in the Galway hurdle as well. You know he's just um, he's he's just made an incredible start to his career, and you know no no doubt about it. Kevin's probably uh, played a major part. So he keeps saying every week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think Gary asked but, him about that, and and uh, Joseph said, "Sorry, who?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would, in all seriousness, the, the good horses look after themselves. Like generally, yeah. You know? It's the like, it, it's it's the bad ones that take a bit of that that I would think would take a bit of skill to to get the best out of them. Like, but, but Kev, the, don't yeah. don't do yourself down. I'm gonna themselves. I'm gonna say that again. This horse has won an Irish Derby after beating a handicap hurdler last time out. That is some doing. Ah, uh, but look, that's it, look, that's again. It's, it's a bit like Ed Wolf again. Like it's Joseph. Uh, was thinking of no other race other than the Irish Derby for months back with this fella. It was a case of Irish Derby and work backwards. Yeah, and um, if he's and, and, the, and the only he... misstep he took really was getting beat first time up because you know the, the hopes were that he that he'd win first up this year, go for the Gallanule, and then go um, to the Derby. But he obviously had a misstep there with hindsight, no shame in getting beat by Hunting Horn. Um, but you know the fact that he was still a maiden after the Gallanule, there was that race at the Car, a small race, give him a confidence boost, give him a spin over the trip. You know he's a millions one on, um, and that that did its job. To be fair, 
But that can be that can be typical of what Aiden does as well. Like how many times do you see ones of Aiden's go to the trials and you know get a get a quiet ride. They want him to have a nice time, kind of come on for it mentally as much as physically. And then in the days, the weeks leading up to the big race, the one race, the derbies, the guineas, all these kind of ones, then the fine tune will, will really start. And that's when they peak on the day. And, you know, obviously it, it, it looks already like Joseph has, has learned that. There's there's no point going winning these trials with a horse by six or seven lengths and then leaving a derby or a guineas behind. You know, yeah. I think Aiden has, Aiden has shown that time and time again. And, I th- you know, I Look, he's he's clearly a chip off the old block already, yeah. isn't he? Well, see, and that's that's the thing as well, because it's 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 an interesting comparison because you, you also have to bear in mind that Aiden would start the season with a dozen or more Derby prospects, whereas yeah. Joseph had won. Um, and you know, he, he, to have the confidence not to give the, not to get after him too early and not to give him that early squeeze. Yeah, I think is uh, and well, it's not. I don't. I don't know if it's even confidence. Maybe it's more so patience. Maybe it's a bit of both. But I think that's that's admirable. Yeah, and, and that, like and you that, say, if you if you only have one big gun, it's it must be very tempting to fire it as quick as you can. Especially also, early early in your career when you're trying to get get you know get a, a foot in the game quickly. Because I always remember when Gordon Elliott came on the scene, he said, you know, we, to win the race before the trial, say before Cheltenham and all the big festivals, you know, he'd have them very very ready. And then he just hoped that they'd maybe continue their form yeah. into the into the major races. But now that he's he's a name in the game, he can have the confidence to go and potentially lose um, a trial race or leave a horse short for a trial race, knowing that he'll bring him to the big day and uh, at the top of his game. Yeah, Farclaw yeah, exactly. being an example of that in the in the Triumphal trial. Um, th- this is obviously a big name owner that's attached himself to Joseph, but it's not like this is a horse that cost a fortune. It's sixty five thousand guineas is is not chump change, but in the scheme of things in the flat season, that's a fairly minor amount of money. And Joseph Ryan has just won eight hundred and fifty five thousand euro, one of the most prestigious races in the calendar with him. What's going to be next, Kevin? Is he going to go down the rekindling route, St. Ledger? Could he be a Melbourne Cup type this this season or, or next year? What's the idea for him next? Um, there, there's been small chats had so far, but no decisions. Um, and I wouldn't like to to give you a bum steer because there quite literally hasn't been any decision made yet. But the, the options are open to him. Like um, you have to bear in mind now, if you look at his pedigree. He's by Camelot, but like he's all speed on the dam side. And uh, like Joseph was kind of half thinking Chesham for him last year, but he just had a little setback that kind of ruled that out. You know, I know people will look at his form and say he didn't appear to late October, but that, that wasn't by he was he was more forward than that. He just had a setback. Mm. And um, and there's a heap of speed in the pedigree. And like he traveled better than Saxon Warrior through the race, like he traveled best. So in, in my own mind, I wouldn't be afraid to come back and trip with him, you know. Um, if you got a bit of an ease on the ground in, in an Irish champion or, or a British champion, um, I think he'd be fully effective over that trip. Good enough after that, but um, and of course, you know, you could go up and trip. You could you could do whatever you want with him. Really, you could stick. You could stay to, um, you could stay to a mile and a half. Stick it a mile and a half. He's he's entered in some of those big races. He, he's not entered in all of them. He has an entry in the Judmont. He has an entry. In um in the the Irish Ledger, um, the English Ledger hasn't closed yet. He'd need to be supplemented for the likes of the King George and um the Ark, you know, which are the Ark. <laughs> do, do you know how much it is to supplement for the Ark? Fifty grand. Deck. Oh, I don't know. I'd say I'd maybe go lower, maybe thirty-five. Hundred and twenty euros. <laughs> no way. What? Yeah. Is there any chance euros. we can edit out my comment there? 
Well, yeah, it's wild. The, and if you wanted the supplement for the King George, it's um, 80,000 sterling. Um, the, Irish, the Irish champion isn't too bad. It's, it's 20, 22 and a half euros. But um, yeah, you, 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 it's um, it, it's rough enough now. To be fair, yeah. but the the, the Voltager closes tomorrow. Um, he'll probably be put in that. Um, but we'll see. Like I say, zero decisions made yet. But I, I genuinely, I'm not gonna be giving you a windy answer. I genuinely think all all those options will be open for him. Um, if there was an ease in the ground back over ten, I, I, I in, in my own mind, I, I'd be interested to see him try that. Um, but we'll wait and see. He, he could literally do anything he could he's he's got his revised rating today of 115 which you know would be historically low for an Irish derby winner obviously and I think off the top of my head rekindling was 114 um for the Melbourne Cup last year so he'd carry a similar weight um if it was you know if it was decided to go down that route but um like I say I would I, if anyone is getting any notions of having a, an anti-post bet on him for anything I'd say probably hold your fire for a little while um, because plans are planned, there's no plan made yet. So essentially, <laughs> essentially, what Kevin has just done is taken an Aidan O'Brien quote that's well known and say, "Yeah, all the Definite options are open. Definite <laughs> possibilities. All the op- options are open to him. Could be ten furlongs. Could be the Saint Ledger. Could be the Melbourne Cup. Could be the Ark. We get supplement for the July Cup. <laughs> He's got the speed for it. Look at his pedigree. He's got the speed for the July Cup. Um, we need to talk about Saxon Warrior, and I'm delighted to say that our international racing correspondent Ivan is back on the show. If you can make God bleed, then people will cease to believe in him, and there will be blood in the water. And the sharks will come. Yeah, thank you very much, Ivan. Always great to hear that quote. Blood in the water and the sharks will come. Uh, where would we be without the insight of Ivan Venko on the Final Furlong podcast? So Saxon Warrior, Declan, what was your impression of him? He drifted in the betting. Um, I spoke with Johnny Ward beforehand and he couldn't have him at the price. He thought he should be 11 to 8. Um, yeah. What do you think? Is it a case if he doesn't stay? Uh, Is he not as good as we thought? What's your impression? Um... I I I think he he's not as good as we we hoped. Um, I watched him closely. I've gone back and I've watched the race a few times now. Um, he was in in theory he was in the third best position. Um, in terms of pace in the race, he travelled well in the hands of Ryan Moore. Um, you know, if 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 he was good enough, he would have won. I thought he saw the trip out fine. Um, the closest he ever got to really lateral was probably in the last you know, last half a furlong or that, which suggests to me that he ran his race. And what I, what, what I was most disappointed with, which Kevin already really kind of alluded to, was just coming off the bend when the pace really quickened. The throw actually took a length, maybe a length and a half out of him. And for a Guineas winner, um, you know, that that's kind of disappointing. Maybe on the on the other hand, then maybe that just kind of suggests what a, what a classy animal uh, the winner is. But, mm. um, you know, I think he... he after, like the world, I think we we in race we really want to have these superstars, and I'm guilty of that as well. And because of this horse, it was Aidan O'Brien. He was unbeaten coming into the Guineas. He was by um, deep impact. You know, we had the whole romance around him, and we wanted him to be a superstar. And he looked good there because he. I don't think on his pedigree and stuff like that. First time out, he didn't have any right to win the Guineas like he did, especially beating Massar. He looked brilliant in the Craven. Um, 
and they, you know, he beat them those horses all well. And everything after the race, Aidan said, if you remember when he had the um, the open day at Bally Doyle, he was purring about this horse. He said, "Oh lads, he's he's going to be twice the horse he is at at um, at Epsom." And I think we all just kind of fell for that, and we wanted to believe. But um, you know, I, I I think he's been he's been he's been definitely he's been overrated by the handicapper officially. There's not a chance in hell he's a hundred and twenty uh, one horse now. Um, you know, I, I don't know, maybe, you know, I think while 12 furlongs mightn't be his optimum, if he was re- if he was a hun- really was a 121 horse, he would have grinded out that and he, he would have won in some fashion because class will, you know, while class will get you through some ways, will get you through some trip, should I say. You know, remember Minding, I don't think every, anyone thought Minding was a, a 12 furlong horse, but she was that good, she was still able to win. So, you know, I, I think Saxon Warrior now, he's going to probably drop back to 10. And, you know, given who he's trained by and who he's owned by, there's still going to be a little bit of hype around him. But I, I, I'm really disappointed with him now. And I think he's he's going to be one to get after in these big races, especially if he's going to be going off to like 6-4, to 7-4. to four. Which is almost certainly in and around the price that he is going to be going off, Declan. Um, I, yeah. I fully agree with that, Kev. I, I think there's a big, big question mark hanging over Saxon Warrior now. Um, I, I mean, you can forgive him getting beaten at Epsom, but this was a this was a much tougher one. And I know that the mile forward at Curra is a really difficult stamina test, but he was right there. He had the opportunity to go past. He couldn't take it. Yeah, I just don't think he. It's his optimum trip. You know, he when he won the two thousand guineas, he looked a fast winner to the, of the two thousand guineas. You know, this wasn't like a Camelot where you, you got the strong impression that he won despite the trip. You know, if you knew nothing about the horse and just saw the two thousand guineas, you'd say, "Geez, there's a there's a speedy, flashy miler." You know, he showed, he put the race to bed with a turn of foot. Um, and I think that while he stays twelve furlongs, I think it's really his class carrying him there because it's twice now that he's tried the trip. He's looked one paced, and, and he's not a one paced type of horse. You know, he didn't even travel best the other day. You know, let Latro. Uh, travel better than him and I just think he needs to come down and trip and um, if he were mine I wouldn't be going 10 um, I've thought about this a lot I'd be going a mile I'd run yeah. him in uh, the Sussex or, or the, the Jacques Le Marois um, I think that that would be the thing to do because I don't know if going back to 10 would, would, would get would be enough um, at this stage if I'm Aiden I, I sharpen him right back up and um, and go a mile um, it's not a division that would have you run scared. The older milers are very average. Um, without parole, is a fine horse. But if you lined up without parole now and against Saxon, the Saxon Warrior that won the 2,000 guineas, you know, I, I'd be with Saxon Warrior. Um, and that's that's the one you'd have to beat in that division, I think, certainly at this stage, um, until Alvis Jurai comes in against the boys, which may or may not happen. But um, I think that would be the way to go with him. I think they have nothing to lose at this stage. Um, and I think that would be the way to to get him back in in in, in a positive way in people's minds because mm. he, he did what he did in the race and post trophy. He did what he did in the two thousand guineas. That can never be taken away from him. But if you want to put a shine back on him, he's got to go back and win a group one. And um I'd love to see him back over a mile. They are they're talking Judmont International. Um and I can see the sense in doing that, but I, I say go the whole hog all the way back to a mile. Um it's been done before. And uh, and I'd love to see you try it with him. I fully, fully agree with you. I think Declan could be falling into a bath or into a barrel there in the background and 
in case you're wondering what that sound effect is. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna see. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, what were you doing? <laughs> no, the the poor cleaning lady is in cleaning up all 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 the other all the other races mess. <laughs> so. That's it. Is this my Vanessa Royal moment oh, on the podcast? Dude, this is this is your Vanessa Royal. I can't find a light switch moment in At the Races Towers. Fantastic. I'm, pu- I'm pouring a drink. I'm stoking a fire. Oh, unbelievable stuff! Oh, epic, epic podcast moments. Oh man, uh, we're going to see a, a top ten furlong races the weekend, which Kevin and I will preview later. The the Coral Eclipse. But I wonder if the connections of Massa are really regretting not coming over to the current now. Oh, you'd have to say so, wouldn't you? I'd say they are, Declan. I mean, I'd be surprised. Like, he was so good at Epsom. Surely the Model 4 of the Curra would have been... And I wonder if Kevin's point, and your point as well, is what comes into play here is, was Charlie Appleby and the Godolphin team just reluctant to take on the might of Aidan O'Brien? And, or, or were they fearing that Saxon Warrior was going to bounce back to his best? I, I'd say there was a little bit of an element in that as well, definitely. But I'm, I'm pretty sure in post-race... It was it was talked about by Charlie Appleby. I'm sure did mention it, and then obviously James Willoughby. He was he was hell bent on Massar not coming back to Ireland because he was he was he was thinking they they'd get done by Ballydoyle tactics. But you know, as Kevin said earlier, I think this is one of the most kind of overplayed kind of things now with horses coming to Ireland. Um, Basically, a race will be run in, in a couple of manners. You've got a jockey, you're riding a top-class race. If your jockey is top-class, he will adjust to whatever scenario is there. Mm. And that's the way it should be. And that's, you know, that's basically what Sylvester D'Souza and William Buick, that's what they didn't do on Saturday. And, and it ultimately cost them. Like, you have to remember as well, just old Persian beat um, Rostropovich pretty comfortably uh, Royal Ascot. And he finished back in sixth on... Um, uh, on Saturday, so you know, I suppose it. Look, it, it'll be different if if Massar goes and wins the the Coral Eclipse. You know, it, it won't really matter. That'll be that'll be probably a better race to have on a CV. But um, yeah, I, I, I do I do see what you, what you're saying definitely. God, he's short price five to four. Dearie me, is the best price you can get. Um, there's a rumor Happily might run, but she could also go to Belmont, which is interesting. Uh, I think they're I think they're leaning towards Sandown, but I don't don't take that as gospel. Okay, I'd be very interested in her if she ran. Um, and it kind of brings back in this whole idea of the Phillies because you mentioned Alpha Centura. If she goes and takes on the boys in the Sussex or something else, Kevin, I'd back her all day long. Um, Lawrence isn't getting a huge amount of talk, but she'd be very, very interesting. I think at middle distances later in the season, um, Arc maybe, possibly Champion Stakes maybe. She's a good horse. She only just does enough, and uh, and happily it would be very interesting if she were to go at the at the weekend, getting the weight allowance because she ran a, a cracker uh, behind Alpha Centauri and uh, and then again uh, Shanti. But we shall see, and we'll talk about that race in depth. Uh, in the meantime, in terms of uh, for you, Declan, where would you go at Saxon Warrior next? Um, I don't know. I suppose. I think you know. I think you can easily see what Kevin is saying um, about the the Myland division. You know, if Alpha Centauri didn't go down um, to run it with the boys at, at Goodwood, I think you could you could look at the Sussex. That would that would probably be an easier race to win, say, than a, an Irish champion or um, a Judmont. But I don't know. I think, uh, you know, I think the kind of the bubble is well and truly burst with this horse now. 
And it's it's kind of, to me, it's very reminiscent of what happened last year at Churchill. Obviously won the Guineas. And then, you know, given he given the, the strong name that he had, the physique that he had, the pedigree that he had, all that, you know, I think we, we expected more. And it just didn't kind of, it didn't pan out after the perfect start. So I don't know... Um, you know, as as a punter, I, I'd I'd be keen keen to get after Saxon Warrior now, but I, I don't know. Look, Aiden and the lads would they they will they'll they'll choose right by him, and and we we'll see where they go. But you know, I, I if I was say if I was Sheikh Mohammed at Godolphin now or whatever, I had another horse, another owner that own a good couple of horses, I definitely wouldn't be afraid to take him on wherever he goes. Yeah, he blood in the water. There's blood in the water and the sharks will come. Uh, blood in the water for forever together. Kevin, you had a concern about her dropping in distance and that concern was born right. I wonder I wonder if John Gosden is really kicking himself that he didn't decide to come here and instead took on Weitgeist and just came off. Uh, it was an epic race, but, but came off the wrong side of it. Um, great piece of placing from William Haggis. Terrific ride from Daniel Tothope and Urban Fox. Take nothing away from them, but... Ooh, disappointment for Forever Together, Kev. Yeah, look, I think it was just the trip. It was just the trip. It was a concern going in. We talked about it the other day, previewing the race. Um, to like, she looked a real stayer in the Oaks to me, and all her connections could talk about afterwards. But that was how much of a stayer she was. Um, they took a chance coming back to ten furlongs. You know, when you go off fourth and six for a Group One, you haven't made um, a terrible decision, but they didn't get the result. Um, and yeah, it was just she was just she just didn't travel like she can, and she'd be going up back to a mile and a half, and you know she could be one that could step up to a mile six even, I'd say, in due course. And uh, fair play to William Haggis, he was brave enough to to go over and contest the Group One with, with a fifty rate of one hundred and four. Um, you know, it was a brave shout taking on you know an Oaks winner, but it couldn't have worked out much better. And she's an interesting story, this filly. She was a cheap yearling, bought for 10 grand. And um, James Tate trained her originally and did very well. You know, got up to a mark of around low 100s. And she went to the breeding stock sale in December and made 425,000. And uh, a brave Ooh. shout for, from her buyers to send her back in training and give, as a four-year-old, given that. But what a, what a decision that's turned out to be. She's She's gone from being a, a group three place, uh, sorry, a group one placed filly to a group one winner and that's uh, that is some go and she's worth a fair bit more than they paid for her now so fair play to them they were brave and, and they got the reward absolutely 147,000 but, uh, but, but, but my takeaway is how far a coronet have won if she dropped oh, oh I mean look John Gosling's a genius but he must be sick he must be sick I'd, that he didn't, I'd say he is and she should have won in France now but it didn't maybe it wasn't yeah. Frankie's best best moment over there yeah poor old Frankie has been confirmed today that Frankie has indeed split with guitar so uh, yeah, that's that's no that's no big news. Now I think that was kind of a, an open secret. For that's been there for. I mean, we were talking about the Kevin off air during Royal Ascot. I mean, he wasn't riding any of their horses, so. Yeah, Chris Cook, to be fair, had mentioned it in the Guardian before Royal Ascot as well. Yeah. You know, so it's not it's not a total surprise, but at least everybody knows where he's standing now. Shout out to Chris Cook, mm-hmm. um, who had it again. Uh, must mention that race very briefly. Weitgeist won, uh, running in the Irish Derby last year for Andre Fab. He also clothed the stars back in fourth Salowin for Sylvester D'Souza back in third running another fine race but Coronet beating the nose oh dear um, your impression of the pretty poly stakes Declan um, yeah I was I was really 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 disappointed with uh, Forever Together 
you know, I thought she ran, she ran probably the bones of a, a stone below what she did at, at Epsom. Um, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure it, it was just the ground and it was and and the trip because she didn't look happy, you know, after a couple of furlongs. And I was hoping, or I'm hoping, maybe down the line we'd find out that she was potentially in season or something along those along those lines because um, she just she just didn't look on her A game. Um, she she kind of sweated up a bit as well. I know it was a warm day there. She had been sweat across her chest, and I don't think she had anything. She didn't. I just went back and I watched the Oaks again. She didn't. She didn't look to sweat up at all there. So I'm just wondering, was it an off day for her? She ran way, way, way below her best. Um, and it, just to be the trip and the ground for me, you know, I, I thought she was absolutely dynamite in the Oaks. I really did. So dynamite after Cracksman um, flopped. Excuse the pun uh, at Ascot last week. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you're, you're saving that one up, aren't you? You're saving that one up. You thought of that last night, and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm oh, gonna I took that. it. I was sat there for an hour thinking of something to come up with, and that's the the, the top one. So, so there you go. So, but like I t- after Cracksman, you know, he was so disappointed. I asked God. I actually went and I backed two two three year old fillies for the arc, given you know enabled. You know, we mightn't. We don't know really what the story is with her. And one of them was forever together. And the other one was actually Lawrence. Ah, so I, yeah. Great minds go. think alike. There you go. Yeah. I just think it could be, it could be one of those years. And, and, you know, if you get a, if you get, if you get a three-year-old filly, look, I know last year Enable was probably, in, you know, a, a really high class filly. And there was, looking back at it now, there was no way those horses in the race would get, give her that much weight. Um, but I, I thought forever to get, you know, she's rated 117 after that when, you know, she'll be getting an absolute heap of weight mm. off the, the older Colts. So, you know, the likes of Vaglice, who's probably going to be near the top of the market now. So, yeah, I, I did. I went on a back forever together and Lauren. So I was really disappointed with her yes, uh, yesterday. Back her again. Yeah, well, I just, I actually checked the price there. I backed her at 20s and she's still mostly 20s. You can get, I think you can get really? 20. Yeah, you can get yeah. 25s with a couple. So, uh, with a couple of firms, I think there. But um, I'm hoping she was potentially in season. She she ran like that to me now. She just, you know, she just Ryan was just never, he wasn't happy with her. Maybe the ground was too quick for her as well. I, I don't know, but we I wouldn't give it up. There's no way I'd be giving up on her yet. And, and having, well, I was disappointed when the race was run, having gone back and watched the replay, I was actually happy with how she saw it out in the end. Mm. So, yeah, we'll, look, we, we, we'll see. At least they did come, they came, uh, they readily beat the rest of the, the fillies in the race, Bye Bye Baby and Athena, um, although they wouldn't be great. But, you know, fair play to um, to William Haggis and Maureen Haggis. You know, they, they rolled the big dice and uh, they got rewarded in, in no uncertain terms. Uh, Declan, you must have had an absolute fortune on Forever Together because despite her getting beaten at the weekend, the vast majority of firms are going 16 to 1. There's one going 12 to 1. Stop quoting the shortest prices, Jesus. (laughs) It's true. 12 to 1. It's absolutely ridiculous. 12 to 1. Who's that? I see that. Asher, that's... Can, uh, I can't mention that, them. I can't mention yeah, them. Yeah, Jesus, no. Christ. I'm, I'm going to set up Blake Bet, right? And I'm just going to go, by far the shortest price, everything, <laughs> in every anti-post market. And I won't be able to hold the business back. I'll be getting so many plugs off Kennedy because I'll be yeah. getting name checks by, by the dozen every single podcast. <laughs> a general 25 to 1 shot. But Blake Bet's going 6 to 4. You know. <laughs> 
Hop onto yourself, Ken. Well, you you can be like you can be like that major uh, that major bookie firm who's got an in supposed in with uh, the Bally Doyle yard. Blake Beck can oh. have the in with, uh, <laughs> with Joseph O'Brien's yard. The biggest Kilo, load of nonsense Kilo. ever. The biggest load of nonsense. Yeah, the boys know they know nothing. Um, Magic Wand obviously did Forever Together's form a huge boost to Royal Ascot, so it was disappointing to see what she did, but. She's clearly better than that. She has to be. So, um, and, and look, yeah. just very, very briefly, because we discussed this on the last show, uh, and I was kind of, we were very much against Saxon Warrior in, in the Derby, not necessarily backing the winner of it, but but we were taking him on. And um, quick mentions the Matchbook podcast, we were taking him on there as well. But the the whole point that I was making at the end of it was, I was looking at the anti-post prices for the arc, and I was thinking, oh, if Saxon Warrior did do something impressive. He could be very much an arc player. And obviously, that's him effectively out of that now, you would think. Um, we haven't seen Enable this season. Cracksman, mm, Massar, we'll see what he does over 10 furlongs of the weekend. It's not exactly a vintage renewal. And the only horse that, that no. really stands out to me as being a forgotten one is Capri, who's going to come back pretty soon, I believe, Kevin. He's going to be given an autumn campaign. Yeah, well, the ledger couldn't be working out much better. Could oh, it? unbelievable. It, so. Um, I wouldn't like to underestimate him either now, but um, I think an ease in the ground will always be a bit of a help to him. Um, but yeah, I'm lo- be looking forward to seeing him back. Hopefully, he's back soon. Yeah. Because, like you say, the the division has just taken a few. It's taken a few digs there in the last few months, and it, it just needs to, to liven it up again. It really does. It's gone from being one of the most exciting renewals to oh, where is the next star going to come from, and quickly. Uh, right, let's go on to the two-year-olds, shall we? We saw Van Beethoven give Aidan O'Brien his 13th winner in the Railway Stakes. Pop quiz, Declan Ricks. How many times has Aidan O'Brien won this race in the last 11 years? Ooh, nine? Four. <laughs> you fell for the trap, Rixie. Four. I fell for it last week. You obviously weren't listening. <laughs> <laughs> Proof that you weren't listening to the podcast. Uh, uh, just, oh yeah, just, lads, I, I love the podcast. I always <laughs> listen to it. Just, just, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just like you don't read Blake's articles, Kennedy. <laughs> it's true. It's a, it's a factual fact. It's a factual fact. <laughs> uh, so Van Beethoven bounced back from Royal Ascot. I suspect that a good number of these two-year-olds are going to do so for Aiden O'Brien. He was talking about how how much they've improved since then and getting to now finally do grass work with the with the lovely beautiful weather that we're currently having in ireland and in the uk as well uh it's too firm now it's it, it's gonna go can't work anything on the grass rock <laughs> hard rock hard ground very soon uh but this was i thought a, a pretty decent performance from van beethoven declan yeah no he did it well in the end um because he he really really did travel strongly in the hands of ryan moore uh you know he traveled so strong you'd, you'd been you'd been if you were going to go anyway and trip you'd definitely be going back to five instead of ten mm. um but yeah he he got, he got the, oh sorry what am i uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to edit that one out <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, doesn't work that way baby so you're saying he's gone down the fame and glory route so is he he's off to france for that one mile two the furlong sur- race at the end the of the sur- year the surmark prescott route <laughs> <laughs> there was a reverse a reverse Prescott we'll get him handicapped over a mile and ten and then a right over a five handicap a, a nice race in Dundalk for him now lads will be grand <laughs> there you go yeah uh, but anyway grow up lads will he fuck's sake uh, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen Declan Ricks <laughs> so yeah I'd sooner be going back to five than I'd be stepping up to seven 
S E V E N seven. So yeah, look, he, he did it well. Um, he beat the horse of Mark Johnson, sent one over Maria's Diamond. That the two of those quickened up really well. To be mm. fair. And they beat Mick Channon's horse, Certain Lad, who um, I thought ran really nicely, to be fair. He will definitely stay seven. He's the son of Clodeville. And while he went on the ground, um, Kevin will probably know a little bit more. I'm sure he's done a bit of, he's propped up in his research every now and again. But they kind of tend to maybe like an ease in the ground in general. I don't like to generalize now, but he he just looked like he might have been feeling the ground a little bit. But yeah, he ran well. The big disappointment in that race was actually Invincible Karma of Jessica Harrington's. Um, I just didn't think he enjoyed the change of tactics. He looked, uh, he ran really well behind the crept the last time at the Cora when he was forcing the, the pace and he just, he did, he, had, he just didn't like being kind of, he just resented being held up, I think, by Colin O'Donoghue. So he might be one to keep on side despite disappointing. But uh, yeah, look, Van, pa- Van Beethoven, he did it well. Um, I don't think he, he's, He's any star at the moment. He, that was his fifth run of his career. But uh, yeah, look, he, he got the job done basically. But yeah, um, I wouldn't say he's one of Aiden's kind of outstanding calls just yet. But mm. yeah, we, we, we'll see. Probably gives you hope, Kevin, for uh, a horse like Sergei Brugoviev. Um, that, you know, you can get beat at Royal Ascot, but it doesn't preclude you from being a really high class horse going forward. Oh yeah, look, that, that's always been the case with Aiden. So he's had some very good ones beaten at Royal Ascot and gone on to win multiple Group Ones. But this year in particular, I think would that that'll be very pronounced. And um, yeah, this fella benefited from his Ascot experience. I think it's fair to say, and he's come forward here. And um, Marie's Marie's Diamond ran a storming race for the for the Midland Park uh, Bocos and ran a very honest race, stuck his head down. Um, and there's nothing wrong with him now. That I I, I liked his run. I like I really liked his win at Chester. Um, yeah, on his, on his penultimate start, and I, I thought he might shake up the fav here and set as much on ATR before the race. And um, he's run a stormer, to be fair to him. And, he um, also ran in that good race at Newbury, didn't he? Earlier on in the season, behind yeah, the Irish yeah, Rover. Rover. Yeah, yeah, I think that that kind of at the time that was probably one of the better two-year-old races of the season. Mm. Yeah, I just, in, so what, in, he, what, in, he, what he did at Chester on the clock and everything else, it just tick tick the boxes now and. They're funny enough, about half an hour before the railway, uh, the runner-up from that race at Chester ran back at Chester again and absolutely bolted up in a in a novice race there by about five lengths. So the, oh, form the horse got Richard a, Fahies, was it? Yes, Gabriel Lewire. And yeah. So the form got a bit of a, a late boost there, but um, he, he's a nice two-year-old, that Marie's, that, that Marie's Diamond, um, to be fair to him. And Vad Beethoven, I'd agree with Deck. I don't think he's going to be one of the tip-top ones, but he's a good, solid two-year-old. He's, he's a group two winner now. Yeah, um, he he may he'll probably do well to to, to better himself. Um, yeah, kind of look. If you went on official figures, what was I think the Johnson horse was rated eighty eight going in, but to be fair to Van Beethoven, he that he ran in the over the same course and distance that day that the day Fleet, Fleet Review won in the Dash Stakes, and I think the time was only about a second slower. And he's obviously an older horse, and he was carrying three pounds more. So yeah, maybe I was a little bit negative on him but yeah I'd say he wouldn't be one of the top top ones but look you don't know with Aiden's horses they can keep on improving like yeah exactly yeah, like US exactly. Navy flag last year you never know uh, how far they can you go, go. Uh, another one who showed the benefit of Royal Ascot experience is so perfect the uh, beautifully bred $400,000 yearling is Scat Daddy and this is a horse that you've held in high regard for a while Kevin and she got the job done and got it done nicely enough in the end I thought 
Well, only just, only just. And I just think she's a very, she's a slow learner, this one, I think. And mm. um, sometimes winning first time out can actually be a bit of a handicap for these for these raw horses, slow learners, because they just, they have to go into good company straight away. And their, their, their lack of knowledge can catch them out. And that's what's happened with this three a couple of times. But she's got up late and won. Um, nothing wrong with the performance at all. I, I would expect her to come on from it again. Um, I wouldn't be upset about her going up and trip in due course as well. Um, she's just a nice filly and you wouldn't know where the bottom of her is now because she'll continue to improve and whether she turns out to be one of the better ones and you know whether she turns out to be a you know my glare filly. It wouldn't be a million to one at all, but she needs to improve, but I suspect she will. Could she be a debutant or Moigler filly, Declan? Um... <laughs> I don't know. I think I think six for at the moment is good. Um, you know, she she is scat daddy. Um, I, I I I just the first three home in that race they look like kind of pacey fillies to me, and I I think this is for, I think this is decent form. Um, you know, Kevin can probably tell us tell us more, but you know Joseph's horse. You know, stepping up in the great Group Three company second timeout, Cava. I was she jumped, she ran really, really well, and Skitter Scatter, obviously of um, Patrick Prendergast. That horse beat Sergey Prokofiev earlier in the season, and she, and she was behind the, the Jesse Harrington horse Servalan at Nays last time before she ran. And I like, I do like that Servalan. I I think this is is good solid form, but I'm not. I at the moment. She she looks like a six furlong filly to me. Um, I would say the first three home they all look to have really kind of fast ground actions. So you know, is we maybe go on into the year, maybe into autumn, and that if, if we get a little bit of um, kind of cutting the ground, I don't think it'll suit them. But um, no, I, I do. I think this race will work out now. Um, I, I do like it. Uh, the eye catcher for me though was actually back and forth. Willie McCreary's horse, Lethal Promise. Um, she was disappointed. She was sent off two to one favour, but nothing went right for her. She didn't get any cover, and she she really tanked in Billy Lee's hands. I could see her now over five furlongs in a race. They go flat out where she gets buried with loads of cover. She really, really shines. So I keep an eye on her. But, yeah, no, I, I do like this race. But at the moment, um, I think six furlongs for the front three is is pretty ideal. Speaking of horses to follow and horses that it didn't work out for, uh, the opening race of the Irish Derby weekend, Goddess. Uh, oh, Lord. Oh, dear. <laughs> she got locked away the whole way through. Uh, she's ended up finishing third last, was it? Third last. She cruised through for a long, long way. She's beautifully bred. Um, it was a horse that Kevin actually talked about in the preview podcast Whoa. and that she's related to the Irish Oaks winner bracelet. She's, I'd say she's in everybody's notebook. She must be. She's a definite winner next time out. Well, you say that, but you know, she. Yeah, look, nothing went right, but she's ultimately beaten a, a fair way. I'm sure she'll be a short price next time, but she she might well still need the experience. You know, it was it was it was a tough experience for her first time, a rough experience. You know, you love to see Phillies or Coles kind of get in amongst horses on their debut and learn a bit about you know the rough and tumble of racing. But this was kind of an extreme, an extreme version of that now, where she got properly knocked about. Um, so we'll see how she comes forward from this now. You wouldn't call it an ideal start, um, but I'd say that there's plenty of ability there. All right, talking of plenty of ability, Kevin Blake crushing bookmakers left, <laughs> right, and centre. Up and down the lines with the little bags was Kevin Blake at the weekend. Petticoat, 
10 to 1 the night before. Goes off 7 to 2. Bang! Smash up job. Band of outlaws. <laughs> Smash up job. Up and down the lines. He took every single cent that he won on uh, Petticoat, reinvested it, and the bookmakers had to close up shop. There were tote windows closed. Uh, there were little old ladies working in bookmakers having to close up the shop. Gone fishing signs all over the place. Blake, you had it right off. Was your was your WhatsApp broken that night or something, Blake? What's it back? <laughs> if you listened to the podcast last week, you would have heard all about it. <laughs> I know. I was the only one I've missed, honest to God. <laughs> oh, you missed the big one, baby. You missed the big one. Yeah, we're, we're going to be dining off this one for a month. <laughs> uh, we, and, and Kevin Blake uh, wants five stars for each of these wins on Apple Podcasts. Five star yeah, reviews, I please. I haven't, asked them for, I haven't asked for a review for ages. We, we might put out a full appeal at the end of the show. So, <laughs> to sign up to Blakebet as well. Uh, uh, Blakebet, uh, yeah, the, the, the private... By the way, Ke- there's a rumour that Kevin is a private tipping service. No, he doesn't. What do you, there's this, there's this, I think people are going around saying, oh, you, oh, you've access to that Kevin Blake WhatsApp group, you know. There is no Kevin Blake WhatsApp group, except for the ones he sends me, which is very, very valuable. Um, Sweet Jesus, lads. Japan are after scoring against Belgium. What the? Oh, Lord. Is it 1-0? It is, boy. Ah, lads, this is a World Cup I can't predict. I don't know what's going on. We're recording this at five past eight on Monday night. There we go. Are we just the start of the second half? Uh, Yeah, 47 minutes in, yeah. Deary me, it's Belgium getting knocked out. I swear to God, if Ireland qualified this year, we could have won it. We could have feckin' (laughs) won it. Don't be ridiculous. We could have won the feckin' thing. No doubt. Oh, defender, what do you have? Deary me. Nice. Anyway, um, the Japanese. Kevin, fantastic stuff with Petticoat uh, and also with uh, Joseph's Horse Band of Outlaws. I'm sure uh, there was delight around. Petticoat looks a horse to follow. Oh, she's a stakes filly. Yeah, she's a stakes filly. Um, good, no-nonsense performance here. You're up in the van the whole way. and um, Aggressively ridden, you'd have to say, and, and she just bolted up. Um, she's got a 12-pound rise, so her days in handicaps are almost certainly over now. Um, big, good-looking filly now. Jeez, I'd love to have her out in the field. Um, she'll be, she'll be some broodmare now when she's done, and I, I, I'd fully expect her to have, um, to have some big black type to her name by the time she's finished up as well. She's got some little black type already, but she'll, she'll go and get the big stuff. I'd say, um, in, in her, in her next few starts. Um, really like her. Yeah, back to my. Oh, off the post. <laughs> Belgium off the post. <laughs> um, now you've got me watching it, Rixie. Um, <laughs> The, yeah, look, she she a mile seven furlongs, not a bother either way. Um, there'll be a race. There's a listed race for fillies coming up over a mile there in the near future, off the top of my head. And um, I suspect she'll be in there. And um, yeah, she's she's just a lovely filly. I really like her. I love the way, I love her attitude to it. I know Mick has been mad about her um, for well over a year now. So it's nice to see her really deliver for him. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think there'll be there'll be bigger days ahead. Um, for her and uh, if Mick wants to back her up quickly there's a Phillies listed race at Killarney in a fortnight um, that she could well go for that could be that could be a decent spot for her and what about he's, he's, he's trying to plan for Godolphin now as well is unbelievable. he unbelievable actually look you always have to advertise the wares yeah. the, 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 pro, the programme is open full time here in front of me so I may as well look at it when it's here race planner for Joseph O'Brien he's pitching to to Mick Alfred and Godolphin I, I believe he's pitching to Jim Bulger as well. There's either going to be a boxing match or, or a co-job there. Unbelievable stuff. Um, Band of Outlaws, what's next for him, Kev? 
Uh, yeah, simple enough plan for him now. He'll go to Galway um, for either the Galway Mile or the big seven furlong handicap, one or the other. Um, the, the seven furlong handicap is traditionally easier to get into, but I, I think he'll get into the Galway Mile. And uh, from there, he'd go to the Irish Cambridgeshire um, to stand out options for him now because he, he, he only got five pounds, which I was quite happy with. Um, I know they're finished in a bit of a heap now, but... I, I nearly put my head through the wall there about two furlongs out because if you if you haven't seen his penultimate start, it's worth watching back because he just got riddled with bad luck everywhere he went. And it yeah. just for for a split second it just looked like this was going to go like that again. He got he got quite a bad check two out now. The kind of check that is hard to come back from in what was I think it's fair to say one of the more competitive handicaps we've had in Ireland all season, if, if, if I'm being honest. I think it was a very, very strong race. And uh, it, come it back actually re- it reminded me a little bit, sorry to cut across you, Kevin. It reminded me, remember, was it rekindling one on this card last year under a similar kind of... Mm. Yes, he got checked up with that. Just Literally the wrong, nothing yeah. went right and Wayne was riding him as well. Yeah, and this way he did well to come back from what happened now. You yeah. know, it's, tough to, it's tough to do in a, in a, in a proper handicap like this. And, He's got five pounds. He's up to 93 now. So um, all being well, he'll, he'll sneak in the bottom of go. Hopefully acquit himself well there. And like to be fair to him, he's, he'll be a three-year-old taking on older horses. And, you know, Galway is a, is a rough and tough goal too for Japan. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, Lordy. Good luck, Belgium. Oh, my God. Like, this is the most unpredictable World Cup ever. I don't care what anybody says. It is the they'll most in, unpredictable. They'll, they'll, be back, they'll be back in, in Bruges with Colin Farrell and, <laughs> and Brendan soon enough. <laughs> up, in the, up in the belfry. <laughs> in, the nukes, in, the, in the nukes and crannies. <laughs> the alcoves, uh, that's it. Yeah. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one thing. I mean, look, look, we have to talk about the World Cup because it's so big, but Spain were my big hope. Dumped out. Gosh, um, Senegal back to qualify. Lost on fair play rules. <laughs> and it's Japan who benefited. Oh, dearie me. Um, it's an unbelievable World Cup. It really is. Uh, lads, the performance of the weekend. we got to talk about it. Uh, he was a horse that was uh, talked up quite a bit. Um, <laughs> here, here we go, lads. Yucatan! Yucatan! Here he comes, finally. Justice. Sweet, sweet justice for Yucatan. Uh, Declan, he made all the running. Apparently, he's a very, very lazy horse at home blinkers seem to help him and i think they're going to try another group three next time with him yeah i don't know i'd probably be stepping up to listed class with him now after that to be honest because the form isn't much cop is it <laughs> stellar mass reckless gold i mean obviously reckless gold is a real superstar <clears throat> but uh yeah i mean look top class form here top class form asher look he look he, he got the job done didn't he but i don't know i kind of I, I don't think it was much of a race. Like he beat he beat Stellar Mass, who I think his best form has come over, you know, one mile six and one mile four. That that was his first run in three hundred and twenty-five days and, and they ran around in a crawl. So yeah, I don't know. I'd even maybe look at a handicap next time but you could have to be up. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, How dare you? I hear now, Rixie, there's only one thing to do with this horse. 120 grand the Arcos family. Get him in the arc. Get him in there. Get him in there. <laughs> Get him in there. There you go. 120,000. He'd, he'd run well. He'd run well in an arc. Fast ground. Love the fast ground. Back up to a mile four. Uh, justice is done. Uh, in all seriousness, though, on a, on a weekend of fantastic racing, withhold. 
this was some performance from with old Tony Bloom. I believe your quote, Declan, was, has the game by the short and curlies. I might be paraphrasing there, but um, this was something else, really. Uh, apparently, he was going to need the race. He's made all. Robert Winston said afterwards they basically gifted him the lead. I think you can ignore the sectional times because of, of how the race was won, run. But um, he's just made light of this opposition and he looks group class for sure. Yeah, no, he he did it well in the end. To, um, to be fair now, they, they, absolutely, they, they handed him the race on the plate. He, he couldn't have got it any any more kind of better the way it the way it fell and Robert Winston is one of the more kind of underrated jockeys kind of I feel in the in the way room he very 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 good judge of pace and once they handed him the race um it, it was game over it was a very good ride by him very good training performance by by Roger Charlton and uh, I thought the Charlton's did a uh, very well kind of uh, towing the company line of ah yeah sure Jesus he's we we don't know if he's fit enough and all this crack like <laughs> Tony Bloom is just he's some operator, he's some man. The man's a genius. He's a do genius. You, do you remember do you remember the Cheltenham preview um Cheltenham preview kind of um scene before the festival? Oh I do. It, Everything. There you go. Everything about Penn Hill was like, no, oh, geez, I, I don't think he'd make it. Actually, ah, uh, yeah, no, he's no chance. Everything else at Willie's is wor- working all over and blah blah blah. <laughs> Everywhere David Casey went, he put the horse down, <laughs> and it all came to fruition. Like you know, it was job done. Supposedly on the course, I think someone had a. I think someone had a hundred grand with a, a bookie on course at fourteen to one. Gee, I wonder, who that, could have, I wonder who that could have been. Yeah, I, I wonder. Yeah, Blake bet maybe. Yeah. Blake. <laughs> <laughs> well, funnily enough, Blake, uh, Kevin, and myself were together at Cheltenham, and uh, he he did disappear just before the stairs <laughs> hurdle. So that that could very well be the case. Blake bet may very well have been. It was the one race you weren't in the parade ring for, Kevin. That, that could very well be the case there. Sure, look at... um, to be, in, in all <laughs> seriousness, I, I, though... I do, I do love, though, how everyone kind of pulls into, uh, you know, just pulls into what we're trying to do here. Like, I, I, I do enjoy it. It's absolutely brilliant, you know. And he'd been backed, I think, in the weeks up prior to it. He's always been nibbled at, so, yeah. you know... I think the most people are kind of listening now. They'll, you know, they like it better and they'll know. But sure, no matter what the trainer says, the market will always tell you more. Well, the line, yeah, I suppose, what, what was he? Loud. Was he 130 the night before, 7 to 2? He's drifted out to fives. But as you said, it was the weeks coming up to the race that, that he was backed for the Northumberland plate. And so the line yeah. at the races was uh, with old lands a gamble. Um, the big hope for this horse is Tony Bloom is married to an Australian woman. So he would love. To have a tilt at the Melbourne Cup, and ah, very good. I think for sure uh, this horse will will go to Goodwood, and he'd be a big player in the Goodwood Cup. I'm not sure he's going to go. I think Roger Charlton was interviewed on Rook immediately near near enough immediately after the race, and Roger, God bless him, he played along with it. He didn't even go to Newcastle that day. He went to Newmarket. Good just man, to Roger. Sure. That's the way to do it, boy. That's attention to detail, that is. That, that is the way to do it. it. Yeah. That's good info, and, uh, Declan. Yeah, that's it. Well, I was watching it all kind of uh, on play here in front of me. So, And it was kind of all the, the run-up to the week of the race. They were all kind of, I think Roger's son was saying, yeah, we wanted to go to the Cigarro. And, you know, he just he had a little setback. We couldn't get him ready. 
And then Roger Charlton was interviewed after a race at Newmarket. And he uh, he said, was it always the plan to go straight to the Northumberland plate after the Sarwich? He said, oh, yeah, definitely, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, whole thing, the whole thing was just unraveling there in the space of about 45 minutes. It was brilliant. But, uh, yeah, look, he, he did it very well. I, I didn't know that Tony was married to an Australian woman. So mm. that, that's... Um, that's the, the, like uh, that's obviously going to be one of the main targets now, isn't it? So I think Roger Charlton said that himself. That's uh, that's what they'll be looking at. So yeah, no, it's ex- exciting times for. Uh, Ro- I do like Roger Charlton. I like his operation. Um, he hasn't had kind of the the real kind of kind of Group One horses uh, maybe the last couple of years that you really like. But you know, he winning these big handicaps uh, takes some doing as well. Yeah, big time, and I think. I do genuinely think he's he's Group One class. I think he he must be to be able to go and, I mean, he absolutely blitzed them uh, at Newmarket last season under Sylvester D'Souza. Um, as you said, Robert Winston is an underrated jockey, but he, he gave him an uncomplicated and, and ride, and, and the horse just responded for him. Um, if he's not going to go there, I would imagine then York or or try and find something similar, just to make sure that he can either place in Group One company to be guaranteed to get a run yeah like I, I I didn't did you guys see what he went up today like I'm not sure he's gonna like I think he'll just go up maybe the standard five or six for this because I, I get it here the horse he beat Prince of Aaron who's obviously five year old now rated 100 and, rated 107 he had a, Adam McNamara was claiming three off him but you know like I'm not sure if the handicappers assess race and kind of pace and that but Prince of Aaron was held up uh, whereas withholds, you know, made made all and need complete run of the race, and he was only beaten kind of two and three quarter lengths in the end, Prince of Aaron. So, you know, I'm not sure they can actually go too mad. Although I'm sure Roger and the owner will probably ring the handicapper and go, yeah, slap More. the full, <laughs> slap the full ten on there, boss, and we'll uh, we'll work away. <laughs> uh, yeah, t- today's only Monday. It won't be out till tomorrow. Tomorrow, there tomorrow morning, it'll be out. Yeah, so yeah, he'd probably out like I don't know where where he can run. I think what Roger Charlton said, how he qualified now for the race is uh, if you win two heritage handicaps. So obviously, one is the Cesarowitch and the other one was the Northumberland Plate. But I didn't realize it was actually they had that many kind of um, kind of nuances to get into the race. That's that's. It's some training performance from Roger Charlton because he was bought for 170,000 guineas in October 2016 from Khalid Abdullah, moving from Charlie Hills. Uh, got the gelding operation, three runs, two wins, one a Cesar, which is the other a Northumberland plate. It's just absolutely spectacular stuff. I tell you, that was a big price to pay for him, what he was at the time. Absolutely, like, yeah. That was a big price, so it's, you know... Official rating of 80 back then? Yeah, like, that's a big, big price to pay for a horse rated that, so it'll be it'll be a great great source to sell out. We, we all like to give Bloodstock agents um, a bit of stick, but um, that, that'd be why. And I just, would, would that have been... Was that the same time Shams Aliza then was also kind of sent back to uh, the kind of being a jump stallion as well? Oh, I wouldn't know how the timings match up, but it was in the, it was in the right. same sort of neck of the woods. I think you're right. Yeah, which yeah, he was eight, he was eight rated eighty seven when he um when he bought him. So Do you know what could be the right job for him is maybe if he went over to the St Ledger Trial at the Cora, and he maybe potentially ran second to Order St George, who's one hundred and twenty. Yeah, that could be it. But the thing is, you you want to go up, but you don't want to go up too much as well. Yeah, yeah, and that's at the it. The end of the day, in Melbourne Cup's a handicap, so yeah. you're trying to you're trying to walk. It's a very difficult thing to do. You're trying to walk the line of getting high enough to get in, 
without spoiling your chance by going up too much. <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's, it's not easy, but they'll they'll be more aware than anyone of what's what's required. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Fair to say, Tony knows the time of day. I, I think we can. I think we've 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 gathered at this stage now. Tony Bloom has a fair idea of what he's doing. Uh, it'll be fascinating to see how they get there and and if he, indeed he can get into the Melbourne Cup. I think somebody was going thirty three to one about him. That's long gone. Right after the race, he's sixteens uh, is the general price about him now for the Melbourne Cup and. Um, rekindling's down in Australia now. Is is there a chance, Kevin, that uh, we could see Latrobe head there as well? Of course, there's a chance. Yeah, like like I said immediately after the race, it wouldn't be a million to one. But again, um, I can't give you any guidance now because just the, the 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 big discussion hasn't been had. Play it safe, folks. Play it safe. Um, right. Not much good, is he? With Blake Lad. Nah, he, do. he won't. He won't give me. He'll give nothing away. This fella. Uh, <laughs> Frankie tight lips. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Blake is the new Frankie tight lips. Uh, to be fair, uh, he has been. Oh, let's 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 wrap this up. Producer D has just dropped an ice cream in front of me. I need oh, to eat it. Oh, chocolate! <laughs> chocolate has arrived, which means Kevin is already distracted. Um, to be fair to the Blakester, he has been in tremendous form uh, for ITV and for the final furlong. So hopefully that will long continue as we preview the Eclipse of the weekend. Uh, anything else, lads, on your agenda from the weekend that we saw going forward to look forward to? The only thing on my agenda right now is this ice cream. It's it's a brunch. Oh, if you don't like a brunch, you're no friend Bro, of mine. I haven't had a brunch in ages. They're really nice. Uh, uh, old school, old school brunch. Yeah. Declan, anything for the At The Races tracker? Um, yeah, there was two. I think there was a maiden run on the Saturday that opened the Cora card. Don't, don't one... be a smart arse now, Rick. First time on the podcast. <laughs> when he says you've anything else to add, you say no when we finish. All oh, right, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, like, this, this is a potential career booster here, like, you know. USS <laughs> on, Michigan, is that the one, Rixie? Yes, sir. That yes. is one of ah, Yes, what a guess. What a guess. No, no one would have seen that one. No one. <laughs> but yeah, the, the front two in that race, I thought did very well to um, beat a couple of horses with experience. Villadera was one of Jar Lyons's who, uh, interestingly, is training for Khalid Abdullah now. I think that's his yeah. second horse ever for him. And then the other one was that USS Michigan typical big massive war front who probably ate everything at two and then... And, <laughs> And then disappear off the face of the earth. They don't train on at all, them war fronts. They don't train on at all, them yorks. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not sure they don't train on, but I'm not sure they progress. Let's put it that way. Oh, controversial comment. Can't what about poor old um declaration of war? Finishing second round of classic. Yeah, Roly Poly uh, as well. Uh, no, you see, with Roly Poly now, lads, I've got I, I have her wrapped up now, and I'll tell you very quickly while Blake's ice cream is melting in his paw there. <laughs> she was an she was an unbelievable two year old. I think she rated I think we see one seventeen or one eighteen odd. She only really got back up to around that level at the height of her powers, like so. You know, she didn't really progress. Is that so, factually factual now, is it? Well, oh, you know, on my numbers now, Blake, Best my numbers. Oh, on your numbers. Okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> on, the, on the Declan Ricks private service. That's it, yeah, that's it. Belgium just scored a fluky fluke. Okay, so it's 2-1 oh, now. So it's 2-1 over 20 minutes left. Game on. Oh, give us Game another on. penalty shootout. Give us another penalty <laughs> shootout. Nothing like it. Um, so it's, what was the other one that you wanted to highlight, Declan? 
Uh, well, no, it was the front two in that race for you there in USS Michigan. I'm pretty sure no one else saw them, so, you know. Yeah, nobody else we, saw we, that. We, we, we lobbed those ones in. Uh, no, nobody else spotted that at all. Um, <laughs> I'm just double-checking here. The official rating for Roly-Poly when she won at Newmarket, beating Persuasive, was 114. So, technically speaking, you're right. She kind of did what just was her, get what back. What was her career high? Um, that was her career career high. That was her highest ever performance. Really? Yeah. Of her life. Yeah, of her life. Yeah. That that day she the was. Day, then... Was it the Chevrolet Park she won? That's, that's the race, she, I think. Yeah. Did she beat? Did she beat Lady Aurelia? Or am I just making that up? Sorry, that was the Sun Chariot when she got a rating of 114. Um, Hold on. Sorry, no, she was here. Hold on. She, she was second she to Brave Anna. She was second to Brave Anna, who was in front of Lady Aurelia. Yeah. You're, That's so it, technically yeah. speaking, you're right. She, she did, finished she did her two-year-old season rated 115, and she finished her three-year-old season rated 117. Two mighty pounds of impression. Oh, two, there you two go. pounds. That, that war front is like Galileo. Significant improvement. <laughs> there you go. There's the quote What's of the that? podcast. That war front, he's like Galileo. And on that bombshell, <laughs> I think I think we're done. I think Game we're done. Over. Uh, it was a brilliant weekend of racing, and uh, hopefully there's some useful nuggets of information in there for you. Uh, Declan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Looking forward to the next appearance, hopefully very soon. Cheers, lads. Thanks for having me. Uh, despite all of the Skype interference and uh, issues, make sure that that's sorted out for the next one, please. Shakes fist. Uh, Kevin Blake, head off and eat your ice cream. I'm halfway through it already. He's <laughs> gone and done. Right, we're off to go and see uh, the end of Belgium, Japan. You already know the result, but we still don't. Uh, have a great weekend. Uh, have a great week. Even. What am I talking about? God, it's been a long day. Have a great week. We will chat to you again with our weekend preview on Thursday. Until then, from Declan Ricks, Kevin Blake and myself, we'll chat to you again very, Good very soon. Luck. Kevin, give your shout-out for five-star ratings. Oh, yes. Um, go on to your podcast app there, all Apple device owners. Um... Do a search for Find the Furlong Podcast, click on the icon, scroll all the way down to the bottom. This is much easier than it used to be. You'll see a little section for reviews and ratings. Give us five stars. Um, give us a little review if you like. I don't really care about the review. It's the, it's the rating I want. Um, it's a help, and I haven't asked for one in ages. So if you haven't given one yet, please do, and I won't shout at you. And that will be the end of it from Kevin Blake. All he wants is that, and then he's happy. Kevin's article is available now on attheraces.com. So too, uh, Declan Ricks' article as well. Uh, both of them talking about the Irish Derby. Uh, check it out. It's available on the blog section of the At The Races website. From Declan, Kevin, and myself, we'll chat again very, very soon. Take care. God bless. Have you downloaded the free At The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, Expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting is the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.